Welcome into the Raheel Show podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate us on iTunes. Raheel Show podcast is brought to you by Perfume Time Houston. What's Perfume Time Houston? Guys, stop paying retail on all of your perfumes and colognes. You buy perfumes and colognes, I right? Do, I you do. You got to go to my dad. Stop going <laughs> to right. Macy's and all these other places where you're paying like literally hundreds. Way too much. Yeah, way <laughs> too much. Um, I actually went there yesterday. My dad, he was like, well, you're doing such a good job for me, son. I was like, well, thanks, dad. Uh, he got me Burberry London, which is like a uh, top of the line cologne, under 50 bucks. What? Right. Well, maybe Come I'll on, see son. <laughs> can't beat those prices, man. He's the best. Uh, go there, guys. Go to Perfume Time Houston. You can Google it, Perfume Time Houston, 8000 Harwin, or you give them a call at 713-782-0030. HtownDental.com. Hey, uh, if you need to get dental work done, go to my brother. It's easy. He will hook you up with a good – look, here's what he does. He's not going to bullshit you, all right? A lot of dentists, what they do is like, oh, you need this, and you need that. Oh, yeah, how about this? If you have any questions even, you can reach out to him on Twitter, at Sunil, S-U-N-A-I-L-H-R, uh, or tweet me, and I will put you in touch with them. I had a friend who lives in Miami who had an issue, and he's like, hey, can your brother just verify this? He did it for free. You know, that's the kind of dude he is. He's just, he's like, man, we're doing fine. But if you need to get anything done, go to htowndental.com, four locations across the city, two on the east side, one right here by the Galleria, and uh, one off of I-10 uh, near Ikea. So uh, go, go on over there and support him. He supports the show and supports the ESPN show also. Uh, so those are the sponsors for today's podcast. Today with me, my man, my man right here. I've known you now for, gosh, almost 10 years, yeah, eight, eight, eight nine while, years. Yeah. It's been a while. We play in uh, a lot of basketball, football leagues together. Yep. You are... Uh, I, I do have to say this. You are my financial advisor, financial guy. So, uh, but it's not. This is not a paid interview, guys, or anything like that. So, don't think it's just me uh, bringing them on. I, I just think John's an interesting guy, and uh, you know, I think a lot of the younger guys that listen to the show and, and women, the financial stuff is just it's confusing. Right. Okay. Pay somebody to do it. So right. uh, th- that's the big thing. You want you here? I'll, I'll help you. Fa- here. Yeah. Put it where it should be. All right. There oh, you go. Even better. So we can look at each other and yeah, talk because it'd be awkward uh, not looking at each other. Uh, <laughs> so if you guys do have any questions, uh, financial questions for John, we'll answer them during the podcast. And, and we'll talk about the markets. We'll talk about you know the, the mistakes everyone's making and whatnot. Uh, but I want to start with this. Uh, you asked an interesting question. Before we even got this going, you said, did you always want to do something in radio? Right. So I'll answer mine okay. after you answer yours. All right. Did you always want to work in this industry? You know, I didn't. It mm-hmm. wasn't something I even really thought okay. too much about yeah. at first. Um, you know, when I first got out of college, I was always on. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur in some way. And yeah. so, when I first got out of college, I was working in the car business, and it, you know, it just wasn't for me. Um, so I started doing some insurance on the side, and mm-hmm. I was doing some life insurance and helping people, kind of use it as an investment, as, as in addition to the insurance part of it. Yeah. Um, and then, as I as I did that for about two years. Uh, my mom was in the industry, mm-hmm. and she she actually worked at Ameriprise at the time, and she just they had a program where they would yeah. bring on new advisors and they'd train them and they'd uh, you know give them the classes for all the all the licenses that I needed to get, and I'd kind of work under her for for temporary, yeah. um, and it worked out. It was just something that I I was kind of already partially in yeah. one foot in, and then she helped me get in, and the rest is history. So what you go, what'd you go to school for? I went to school. I just went to school for business. For business, yeah. right? It, it's crazy. A lot of you know, like you, you have an entrepreneurial mindset, right? right. Like you, you said that you wanted to do something. You you weren't sure, and it seems like 
those kind of people, it's either you start a small business right. or you go to a field and you're just like, well, insurance is kind of in, right? Let, let's just figure that out. Or a lot of people are going to real estate. Real estate's mm-hmm. one of the, another one. Uh, but it's so hard. Like, you see these guys bouncing around. Do you think you got pretty lucky where you found something that you, you like and you're pretty sure. good at, too? Right? right, right. I think you're good at it. No, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good. And I think your client base uh, agrees that you're pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, do you think you got a little lucky? Like yeah. Just finding that? Because I, I some think guys I, bounce around. Right. I think I definitely got lucky yeah. as far as um, enjoying it. I've always been into math, into numbers. You mm-hmm. know, um, that's one thing I like. And also, I got lucky just having someone that's already in it to kind of teach me the ropes and, and follow yeah. and not have to start from scratch on my own, which is, yeah. you know, it's a tough business to make it in if you do. So, so do you, well, actually uh, I'm going to hold all the financial questions for a bit because right. I know, cause once I start firing those off, we're never going to get to any other part <laughs> of the conversation. Um, so I'm going to pause. Okay. So if you guys do have financial questions, if you're listening on podcast, you can also tweet it to me and I'll pass them on to John or you want to give an email out or anything. We'll do that. Okay. Uh, but you did something pretty interesting a couple of weeks back about a month ago. Okay. So you've always paintballed, right? You, you've I been do. into paintballing. You are, uh, you're so into it that you did a two-day all like you just camped out, paintballed, and played. Yeah. What over forty hours? How many hours did you uh, end well, up playing? Technically, it's twenty-six. Uh-huh. Twenty-six hours. But it's kind of when I was young, I got started. I played for my birthday one time. Yeah. Um, the guy that I met, who was running the field at the time, who was running the field at the time. Yeah. He did these events. They're called scenario games, and they're based on. A movie or a book, you know, Game of Thrones. Oh, um, they, so they do all that, yeah, too. Yeah, anything. Oh, they, you know, cool. every time they yeah. kind of have a, a poll for what they <laughs> should do next. And that's kind of how I got into it. And, um, you know, I started doing it when I was maybe 12. And they do it once every three months. And it's just a, they start on Friday where they everybody comes out and camps. And um, then Saturday morning they have orientation and all that. And it yeah. starts at noon on Saturday and goes all the way pretty much till 11 o'clock at night. Start again oh, on Sunday. Shit. You play till about two o'clock. So it's technically twenty six hours. You probably play for more like fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. So like during the whole like so they go all right, ready, set, go, and you guys are off to the races. You're you have a goal in mind. So the last one you did, so, well, what what was yeah, the theme? Me, yeah. So like, how'd example, y'all do this one? Last time we did, uh, we did Austin Powers. So okay. so one side <laughs> is is uh, Doctor Evil. The other side is Austin Powers. Um, you know, it's over a multiple acres of land and there's two enormous teams anywhere from 500 to a thousand players and it's just two large teams and then there's it's real organized you know they got missions that you run and they have base security and you have a hospital and so it's real it's super in-depth and this guy like i said the guy's been doing it for 30 years and i've been following him ever since 500 people yeah they split them up you so you do you know a lot of people because you guys tend to run in like the same yeah i mean i've been doing it for a while so i've met a lot of people um and there's always new people. There's, yeah. you know, I have friends actually that I try to take with me, and they're always like, I, you know, I just want to go on a regular Saturday because they're scared everybody's a pro. But yeah. really, it's young kids, young girls, like it's everybody. So it's got to be a go. party too. It's, it's fun. Yeah, right? It's fun. Yeah, it ends up being a party because a lot of these events where, you know, uh, a lot of people like the MS150 just happened, okay. and people think the MS150 it's so gr- it is grueling. It is a hard bike ride and all that. But there's this party element that, like, on Saturday night when yeah. you're in LaGrange, there's just campsites, there's yeah. tents everywhere. Uh, that's that's cool that there's something – like, I didn't know that existed until yeah. you posted about it. And I knew you did paintballing and, and you were into that, but I didn't know it was, like, a, a two-day deal going right, on right. where you're just – so when you're doing that, do you how much ammo do you take? How many paintballs? So I generally shoot about three cases, which is about 6,000, <laughs> 6,000 rounds. 
Yeah, and it depends. Everybody's it different. Depends. You know, it depends on how much of an action junkie you are. Yeah. It depends on how fast your gun shoots. You know, it's all kinds. But I think anywhere between two and two and six thousand, ten thousand, yeah, and depending. then. So when did you go from like okay, I'm gonna buy just a normal paintball gun to it becomes an obsession where you want the best one yeah. because you do want to perform because yeah, I know yeah. you're competitive. Yeah. Um, uh, when did, when did that click? What was the what was the switch there? You know, when I like I said, I started when I was young. So back when I was 12, 13 years old, I on Christmas I wanted yeah. a new gun or a new barrel or whatever <laughs> it was. Um, and then as I got older and started having my own money, I started looking at more expensive guns, and um, it, it's definitely you know it reminds me of golf it's an expensive sport for yeah. sure so um yeah but it just it was just slow progression you know yeah. i started with the beginner gun and then kept going up and up just and keep going yeah, it's so fascinating too much money on it like you and i you and i um grew up we we both played basketball flag football mm-hmm. uh, we still play and we're in our 30s now it's yep. a competitive outlet for for a lot of guys right. um but i know for for us two in particular like i've seen you that's how we met was through right. flag football and basketball and whatnot but like you got the traditional outlets and, and like everyone needs to have some kind of competitive outlet. I think that's so huge. Right. Um, it, even as you get older, even if it's not something as taxing as flag football or basketball, even if it's tennis, golf, uh, golf, <laughs> yeah, even if it's golf or archery, whatever it yeah. is, man, people need to have a competitive outlet. But it's For sure. um, like I'm I'm fascinated when people don't have that, and then you see how they tend to be more miserable in certain things because there's just this. Uh, not a frustration, but there's this like something built up that yeah. you need to get out. Yeah. And it's not, it, it doesn't have to be a competitive edge, but there's just that something. I don't know what yeah. it is. Like, yeah, have you noticed that? Like, with for guys, sure. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's, yeah. Like, you got to have an outlet, you know, even if, like, my wife does a lot of cross training. And even for right. her, she wants to beat her time. Right. And people that don't have that, man, I always tell somebody, go, go do something. something even if you're not yeah. good at yeah, it. Yeah. You have to have a hobby. Basically. You got to have a hobby. <laughs> yeah. You got to do something. I think it has to be physical too. Yeah. There's something to that physical testing your body a little right. bit. Um, I picked up archery for a while huh. and like, I just took this random class and I did it and the first, and like, it was so much fun. It's so hard. And I saw, I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. So yeah. I was like, okay, let me go try it too. Man, archery is one of those things where I started going down that road. I was like, man, I'm gonna go, I gotta get the best stuff. And now we're both, you know, we're lucky enough where we can afford certain things. And you can go spend a thousand dollars on a bow, and right. it's like, okay, it's not you don't want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I had to stop myself, was because I knew I would get so obsessed over yeah. that. I can imagine, like for paintballing, for you, it's it's an obsession in addition to an outlet. For sure, yeah. I mean, like I said, I you, it's an expensive sport, and you get yeah. into it, and then you start buying a new gun and a new, you know, there's so much involved with it, yeah. pads and you know, packs and pants and it's jerseys and it's just like that's crazy the economy of uh something like that even is it's so fascinating to me. yeah like yeah. i didn't even know there was something but i'm sure it's a multi-million dollar economy well it's a it is a dying sport honestly is it but not i wouldn't say dying but it's declining for yeah. sure they're always you see like big paintball companies trying to you Get know build or do yeah. camps for kids and stuff like that yeah. to where it gets where it doesn't disappear yeah because in the what, early 2000s it was yeah, it was it, hot. yeah. i mean every you, everywhere you went there was a paintball course right, there was right. a paintball birthday party going on right uh, i just thought like because you know when you're middle school and high school that's a lot of kids go do it because it's a fun thing right. to do it's a birthday party thing yeah so it's not like do you see a lot of kids doing it now or is yeah it, tons i mean you know it's like one of those things it's hit or miss sometimes yeah. you'll go and it'll be a bunch of 40 year old men and then next time you go and it's all the kids you know so it's just it's it's What's the, what's the worst shot you've ever taken? Like the worst injury from paintball? Ooh. Um, you protected a lot, I, but there's still some soft spots where you can get hit, right? 
actually by the paintball or getting hurt playing? Paintball. Let's go paintball and then getting hurt playing because I'm sure you have a good story about that too. Um, so the worst paintball, I mean, generally to the neck, it's pretty bad. Um, but one time I got hit in the, uh, in the area you don't want to get hit. Yeah. And, oh. it was, and it was hot and it was immediate dehydration and it wasn't good, yeah. But oh. for the most part, it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, you wear a cup now? I don't. I probably should. You probably should. <laughs> Pants are padded now. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, I can imagine that's cool. And it's, it's for. Are there a lot of like former uh, servicemen that can oh, yeah. do this tons as of an them, outlet? Tons of them. It's got to be right. It's kind of like a couple styles. There's tournament paintball, and then there's mm. scenario. Tournament is more young, athletic yeah. kids, um, like college kids. They have like college teams, even like club teams. Damn. Um, but then scenarios are more service guys that you know before the game they usually have all the service members to stand up and then yeah. we all you know give them a round of applause and you try to jump on with them because they know exactly yeah. what to do like in certain yeah situations. It's, it's just so different yeah. you know it's just because they're in the service doesn't necessarily mean they're better sometimes they are it just yeah. depends you know it's it's uh it's it's different than real life i'd say for sure but it's 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 fun for it's fun know. it sounds like a blast yeah. it sounds like a party it's so it's so many different things out there yep like that where once you find out about it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that exactly. makes sense. Like, okay, that. Uh, so the other thing, like the co- going back to the competitive sports outlet, man, guys that don't do that, women that don't do that, I feel like in high school when you do physical education and you do all that, it's more of a, all right, it's PE. Just do PE, you yeah. know, whatever. Uh-huh. If you don't like it, because most of the time the athletes separate themselves. Right. They go play on the basketball team, football, track, whatever right. it is. Athletics. And the rest of the kids are left with, okay, guys, this is basketball. And a PE teacher rolls out the ball. Right. Maybe they'll play a pickup basketball game. Maybe they'll play something competitive. Yeah. And then that's Kickball. it. Kickball. <laughs> or like, you know, whatever the games were when we grew up. Right. And then they just kind of outgrow it, and they enter the college world and the real world. And a lot of a lot of them might just go into the real world right. without this without this knowledge of an outlet. And hobbies are great; like you yep. can play video games. That's fine; they're competitive. But I think a physical outlet like that, man, we as a society got to figure that out. All right. I always say I'm I'm so happy. Like you know, when I was young, I played a little baseball for a while. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up switching to basketball when I went to high school when I gave up baseball yeah and I and I always look back now and I'm so glad that I did that because at any point now I can just go to the gym and play pickup basketball yeah. and stay in shape w- without it being I don't feel like I'm working out yeah you know? it's that's just like I just too. go play it's fun if I wanted to play baseball I'd need 18 guys if I wanted to play football yeah you know aside from the leagues we play and it's not easy to gather yeah you're enough right. players it, yeah you know and I, mean? I think that's an issue for baseball is for why sure. more people don't play it is because right. you need and if you're not by the time like on a club team or a select team right then, you lose interest and all your friends are in that, then you're just not good enough, and then you get left behind. But yeah. basketball, you can, you just need a goal. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You just need a basketball goal and a ball, and you're Anywhere. good, and you can, you can make it work. Uh, but, and then I think a lot of health problems are linked to that. You know, I don't know what the studies are, but I can imagine that you know, people that didn't play a competitive sport or even just tried their hand at it, they probably have physical, they have some physical problems in the future as they get older because yeah. – Working out is boring. It, it, it yeah, is boring. It is, if yeah. you don't have something you're training for, if right. you don't have something, like, you're just going to go play basketball, something competitive. Like, why would you do it? Yeah, and that's why people lose interest. Like, it's got. There's got to be a study out there that says that. Yeah, running know? on the treadmill is not fun. It's not fun, <laughs> right? And like boot camp is great. You do boot camp for a month and then and then you lose interest. All right. You're like, okay, I'm losing weight, and and it's not across the board, but I'm sure some people. Okay, you're overweight. 
you start seeing results, and that isn't that's a high. That yeah. is an adi- addictive oh, high for sure. Yeah, and you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. Then you get to a peak, and you're like, okay, well, I'm in good shape now. What do I do? Okay, I maintain it. Maintenance is fine, but no. y- if you're not training for something, right. or if you're not, because what happens is, and in this, I play with uh, some of the older guys. Um, it's a 30 and over. Like I just set up a pickup basketball game for 30 and over right. guys that don't play a lot like us. And what happens is they'll play, they'll see that, oh, my God, I'm out of shape. And then they'll start working out just for basketball. Right. Or start working out just for football. Right. You know, we saw, we played in a, old, we played in a 30 and over flag football league. Yep. And you saw guys out there the first day, it was like, what the hell is this? I forgot <laughs> how bad this is. And then by the last week, uh, those guys were making impacts because yeah. you have something to train for. Right. You have a goal. Yeah, you right. have a goal. So, like, whatever it is, paintballing, yeah. what something competitive. Yeah. Because in that, your whole life revolves around that. Yeah, Dang, for sure. It would be so much fun. you got to, like, turn these kids on to it. Where <laughs> you just got to get them to competitive yeah. stuff. you got to get them outside of the video games and make yeah. them go play. Yeah. And then like, that's the other thing. Video games now. See, when you have an outlet like that, that's great because I, I grew up playing video games. Right, I loved too, it. It was yeah. fun. But then when you can make a career out of it, when, you, when there's, like, street fighter leagues and yeah. people are making millions of dollars or there's – you know, uh, uh, Call, Call of, of Duty, uh, Call of Duty yeah. tournaments and whatnot. Yeah. People are making millions off yeah, of this. It's crazy. Why would I want to go play a sport <laughs> yeah. where I know I'm not going to be successful? Why yeah. not just spend all my time that's true. doing this? And that's one of those weird things where you As might it, not make it in that industry either, but right. it's easier for you to make it there than – Yeah, you don't you have know. to have the natural physical Yeah. Like no matter, yeah, you're right. No matter how much you and I spend, we make it a full time job. We're not going to get paid to play basketball. We're not going to get to the NBA or minor leagues because it's physically it's just impossible for some people to do it. No matter how good you are, there's always going to be somebody. Well, you're five nine Pakistani. Right, (laughs) right. You over somebody else. I wish someone would have told me that when I was younger. Right. Oh (laughs) man, that was that was. When when did you get that reality check? That okay, I'm not going to be playing. Yeah, probably in high school sometime. I was, you know. Yeah, we started realizing, man, this, you know, these guys are a lot bigger than I am. <laughs> yeah, I made my so I made my JV team. I hadn't made a basketball team until my 11th grade team. Okay, okay? so uh, and I got and just something happened, clicked. And I got really good, right? And I was like, oh man, this is it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play at Texas now. That was my goal. And the first day, there was a kid, a ninth grader that was starting on varsity, and I said, I don't <laughs> think I'm gonna go play uh, D1 <laughs> basketball if they've yeah. got a ninth grader yeah, starting. Exactly. David Devison, I'll never forget him. Oh He's, yeah, I remember you remember him. David? Yeah, yeah, one of the best players I've he ever met. He went to Clements. Met. He went to Clements oh, High yeah. School for his uh, not rookie, was, his freshman and sophomore year. Then he transferred to Hightower. He ended oh, up. I didn't know Hightower. that. I must have graduated by then. Okay. Yeah, I believe he graduated or he transferred over to Hightower his senior year because I don't think he finished at Clements. Okay. He ended up being a transfer kid. Uh, he played at A and M. Played at A and M, and then from A and M he transferred over to another school. Okay. Because at A and M he just it just wasn't clicking for yeah. him. But that was the that's one of the best players I've ever seen oh, in yeah. person. Yeah. At so when he was in like elementary school, I mean like sixth grade or fifth grade around there, he used to come out. We lived in the apartment. We lived in um, Austin Colony, which is an apartment complex by First Colony Mall. Okay. And there would be really good games there. You know, it would be high school kids, college kids. He would be the best player out of everyone in oh, fifth yeah. or sixth grade. Yeah, like I'm that's how you, the talent level. Yeah, you start young. You start young. You good, just yeah. you can tell that okay, this kid's gonna be good. And he ends right. up being just a D one guy that fizzled out. I can't even imagine like a LeBron James. I know it's crazy. Like he must have <laughs> just separated himself. It's crazy how talented people are in, in yeah. that world, and it clicks so fast for them. Yep. But you know, yeah, I had a I had a friend like that actually. Middle school, he, um, I mean, I remember they were giving him 
bringing him. He was supposed to go to, I guess, Austin, mm-hmm. and they were all of a sudden in eighth grade. He had high tower shirt on, high tower shorts, no and shoes. I swear, and you know, he was a young. I mean, seventh eighth grade, it yeah. was like that. And he went on to obviously to play at High Tower and then uh, played at UNLV and then what was his name? Uh, Michael Ume. Michael Lume, that sounds like Ume. Ume. Oh, Ume. Yeah. Man, that sounds yeah, familiar. he was real good. And, you know, he he played so he graduated two thousand three from High Tower. Yeah. But I mean he was really good. Man, that's at a young age. You know, at a young age you can just grade, tell, probably, right? Yeah. You can just tell Better than everybody else clearly. Yeah. What's the who's the closest person you've ever been to that like the greatest at their craft? We're talking about basketball? Anything. Man. Well, you think, I'll give you mine. Uh, so last year we were at A&M before their spring practices, and we had a chance to hang out with Miles Garrett. Okay. Right away I knew this kid was like the number one pick. Yeah. Obviously because going into last year, everybody knew he was going to be one, two, or three. But when you talk to him and you see him in person, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, there's a reason why. Yeah. And I was just like sitting next to him going, you will be considered one, maybe the best Right at some point in your career, sure, if you, yeah. he will peak and be okay. Miles Garrett is the best player on defense or whatever. Yeah, but he was considered the best because he's the number one pick of his class. It's like, what's the great? Like, is there anybody else? Man, I mean, I would say Michael Ume is one of them for sure. Ume? Like I said, he was just so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and even into high school. You know, yeah. playing varsity. I think he played JV his freshman year, but wow. after that, you know, he just clip man on a crazy. good team too. And they, you know, they, that's when Willow Ridge was. 56 and 0 yeah you know and they they lost but they played him really well so i'd say personally knowing he's probably he's probably one of them for sure yeah man did okay now you said will ridge i think did devison go to will ridge or hightower which one did he transferred out for sure i forgot which one i don't think he went to will ridge no because will ridge man they had a pipeline of players yeah that was yeah they had tj ford when when he was back there oh my god that was good um all right we i'm just looking at questions no, we're not brothers. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> not all South Asians are brothers. Racist. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right, so let's talk about uh, – you asked me about how do I got into radio. Yeah. I, I didn't always – I knew I wanted to do something inter- with entertainment or, like, entertaining people probably in middle school. I just okay. knew it. Like, I, I just knew something. I, I wasn't sure what. Um, and then my senior year of high school, I had no idea what I was going to do. So I applied to UT. I didn't get in. I got I got capped UTSA. So I was there for a year. And going into UTSA, I then I was like, man, I was listening to Jim Rome, and I said, I want to do that. I can do that. Yeah. I, like, I think I can do that. So I was like, fuck it, let's go for it. Nice. And I just figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you just figure shit out, you know. Uh, yeah. That's, it's yeah, funny because I never listened to sports radio my whole life. And then yeah. um, I guess when I graduated college, and I, you know, I first was working out all the way out in Baytown. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drive, I started, I got tired of listening to regular music. And so yeah. I started listening to 610 and ESPN. And, and then, I was, then I started always wondering, like, how, you know, how long do these people know? Like, yeah. they could just talk sports all day, you know? It's, 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 a, it's a weird path for a lot of people. So, like, I'm just going through the list. And I'm, I'm going to do a show on this one day is how to get started in sports radio. A lot of us don't go to school for it. Yeah. Like, I went to school for it. I wanted to do TV journalism. I wanted to do sports. And then... I find out pretty quickly that TV journalism isn't for me because you work all day for two minutes and that's just not my, that yeah. just, I want to entertain. I want to be able to make inappropriate jokes and <laughs> you know, like bullshit. Yeah. I like doing that more. So, um, but a lot of guys like Lance, Lance Zerline, one of the best in the business. Yeah. He now works for NFL.com. He's on their NFL draft coverage on their app. Uh, he has a show on 790. He's a good friend of mine. I worked with him uh, when we started 1560 the game. He just got in because Granado liked him. 
Like he just met th- he met this kid and he's like, hey, and they started talking. Like, hey, why don't you come in, hang out, and that turned into the next one. It turned into a show. It's crazy. It, it's a lot of guys. Sean Pendergast is another yeah. one. He was a he was doing telecom sales <laughs> when he started at fifteen sixty the game, and now he's on. Sports Radio 610's number one show, yeah. driving the whole show. Yeah. Uh, John Harris, another one. He was doing um, – he didn't even go – he is now working for the Texans. He's their sideline yeah. reporter. Yeah, yeah. He's the one with, uh, with Vandermeer? Yeah, yeah with yeah. Vandermeer. And he's uh, friends with Bill O'Brien. He went to school with Bill O'Brien. Oh, really? Brown. Nice. And, they're, they, you know, they're friends. But he was doing, like, an insurance job or something. Uh-huh. And then he got a talk show because he just knew the right people. He, yeah. started doing, he started doing a lot of college football write-ups too. Okay. So it's not like they just plucked him out of nowhere. But he had, yeah. he had a good base in it. And they're like, well, somebody just takes you. You get lucky. Yeah. You get yeah, lucky. Yeah. Because when I graduated college, there were around the nation hundreds of me, uh, like guys that broadcast journalism. They wanted to do sports radio. I just happened to know the right person. Yeah. You get lucky. There's yeah. a lot of luck involved, too. I There's think that's no, every business. But every, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every business. Yeah. Absolutely. It's who you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, who you know, like the relationships. Right. That's so important. I tell everyone, right. you know, like, and there's a lot of, like, Actually, a lot of guys from the leagues that we play in, a lot of the younger guys listen to the, to the podcast. Okay. And you had an interest. Like, I was like, oh, you said, I didn't know you were still on ESPN. Or you just yeah. No, I still – you guys can hear me on uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, on the number one show in the time slot. I love that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. It's, it's pretty good beating six. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they listen, and they're always looking for advice. Um, that's, that's a good piece of advice. Just, yeah. like, network. Get to know yeah, people. Don't be to, shy. Yeah. And in your business – that's probably one of the biggest things is getting to know people. For sure, yeah. How important is that? I mean, it's super important, you know, especially when you talk about people trusting you with their their life savings. Yeah. You know, they need to be sure of who you are, first of all, and, you know, yeah. just trust you and like you. And um, I think the days of big salesmen is kind of past our generation. Yeah. They don't like salesmen. You know, yeah. they don't – it used to be a, a cold call business where you – cold call and try to tell someone about this great bond you had and it's just yeah. not like that anymore now it's you know it's like you said it's the relationships yeah. it's people you know people you play fly football with you mm-hmm. know people you you know maybe you're you have a kid and you know you meet your neighbors because they have a kid or yeah. you know anything like that um and it, so uh because there's so there's thousands millions of people doing this right i mean right. Like not millions but hundreds of thousands yeah, of tons. financial advisors sure. out there right um uh, like customer service is huge in that industry when because pe- you're right but that's got to be that's got to be a weird feeling for you i don't know if scary is the right word but a weird where these are people's life savings right. right and they're trusting you and you're confident in your abilities but what's that feeling like when somebody says all right you know what i'm trusting you yeah i think i mean for one it's just in general with the market it's all mm-hmm. about managing emotions so even like for you personally anybody who personally invests it's like yeah. if you can't manage your emotions you won't do well so as an advisor that's like the first thing you have to tell yourself is i'm i'm going to manage my emotions when yeah. it comes to their money just like as if it was my money yeah and uh you know it's i think when you're constantly looking at it you're constantly reading analysts you're constantly seeing that you know i i believe in the market i believe yeah. that over time you know you're you're going to be positive and so it's when when things are rocky when it's volatile it doesn't scare me as much as it may for someone who hasn't just looked at it enough and really yeah. seen that it it's you know they don't believe in it like yeah. i do and somebody who's not doing this full time right. it's one of those things where like if i gave you my money and then i'm like okay now i'm gonna start looking at the markets right and the first dip hits it's panic right, right. usually that's that's <laughs> right. the case because i don't know the rest of the history you do right 
and you know it, it over the course it's a long-term play also for exactly. a lot of a, a lot of uh, especially people our age yeah yeah but it, in general yeah that's the biggest thing uh tony robbins uh, tony robbins put out a book did you hear about this book he put out it's about i didn't uh it, it's about trusting the market and like why people need to invest and yeah. he gave three examples of somebody that doesn't invest their money they just put in a savings account that's my money whatever the next person does like they do invest, but it's not you know like it's l very yeah, low very risk, conservative, very low yeah. risk, right? And then there's one that's a high risk one. Um, over the course twenty years, the person with the low and high risk, they're gonna like quadruple their money. Oh, it, yeah. it, it just that's what it wor it works out to that. Whatever it, the returns were, I forgot the exact numbers, but well, the, it's, it's it, just I don't know if you heard the rule of seventy two. No, tell so me. So that's basically if you divide seventy two by the number of years or mm -hmm. by the rate you expect to get yeah then that's how long it'll take to double your money so for example let's just make it 70 to be easy okay. 70 if you make seven percent a year it's going to take you 10 years to double your money yeah. so every 10 years so it's you know people who are scared to put their money in the market well, there's a lot of people yeah they we we call it you know they're going broke safely i mean their money's not even keeping up with inflation and you know they don't realize how much that compound interest is going to help them over time yeah. you know the, it's just it's just so dramatic like you said if you look at someone who didn't invest their money versus someone who did same amount of money same amount of time yeah. it'll be dramatically different it's huge yeah. it's a big thing it, what's the what's the main problem or the biggest problem you've seen with people and in investing money what do you think that what do you think it is um i think kind of like what i said is emotion they get yeah. you know the obvious thought for everybody in any business is buy low sell high you know and what people do is the market, you know, they get in the market when they do, then the market comes down. Now they, they like you said, that's that panic where they, they have that emotion, they sell. So now they're selling low. Then they say, I'll get back in when it's coming back. But timing the market is, is it's a loser's game. It's hard to do. Um, and then when it, they don't get back in until it's too late, now they, now after, it's it's, after it's peaking, then yeah. they get back in at top price. So they're doing the total opposite of what just logic would tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So your your mom has been in this for a while, right? Yeah. She's so been in how bad how bad did it get in two thousand seven? Because we were, I mean at this point we had just graduated college, so yeah. So I mean it's something we're not even thinking about the markets and whatnot. I wasn't. I, I still yeah. don't think about it. But back then, I definitely you know I was like whatever. I'm just trying to survive here. How bad did it get? Like, did she tell you? Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty bad in two thousand eight and then two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. it, it took a pretty huge dip, and you know that's kind of a perfect example of where the emotion got a lot of people who. Mm -hmm. you know the market's dropping and understandably i mean it was a scary time i mean lehman's brothers was going out of business and it was there's a lot of clear signs that things were not good yeah um you know the housing market but what happened is the people who stayed in by you know let's say i think like 2013 they had got all their money back and then some but the people who got out you know they lost 50 percent of their money they Man. got out they didn't get back in until 2013. That 50 percent's permanently gone. You know, they never made it back because of the fear that they, and they just start slowly getting back in mm -hmm. when it's it's almost not that it's too late, but it's, you permanently have lost that. Yeah, that you run. You, you think because of that, you know, so many people our age lived through that time and they saw the fears. They saw people older yeah. than them lose a lot of money. Right. Do you think that still is a fear from that, from from that from the new recession? I right think now when they're investing and do me a favor we got to comment get closer to just stay as close as you can i know it's kind of hard. Um, um yeah do you think that's still a big fear for a lot of people right now Is i definitely think it's a fear i think it's more of a fear not necessarily for our age like you said mm -hmm. people getting out of college right then 
if it didn't personally affect you, you don't it, it doesn't scare you as much. Sure. But it's the people who, you know, just just older than us who did have maybe not just older, you know, around Little 40, older, yeah. 50 at the time who had, you know, their 401ks, big 401ks at the time. And they lost half their money. Mm-hmm. You know, a million dollars becomes 500,000 in a couple of weeks. And that, I mean, justifiably gives you fear. Yeah. Um, so I think more so of that generation is they, like I said, they, they just slowly started getting back into yeah. the market. Um, do you think another, okay, one is a two part question. Okay. Do you think this current system that is around the stock market, everything, the way our economy is set up, do you think it will survive? Absolutely. In, in, for our lifetime. I, I absolutely do. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, if you look over the market over I think a 10-year period, it's never lost money. Okay. If you look at, and if you buy and hold an investment for 20 years, it's never lost money. It's a, it's a, it's a long-term thing to where, I mean, barring some extreme Catastrophic. event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like something crazy. <laughs> right. And you got to take into war in account because now you right. never know with war and maybe the Great Depression happens, right, and all, all right. that stuff. So you got to take that into account. But I'm saying, yeah, just as a, as a whole. I think even if it takes it, you know, even if it has a bad time, which mm-hmm. it will, there will be a time when we go into a recession, I feel, in our lifetime. Sure. Just, it just, law of averages tells me that it has to happen. Yeah. But even then, if, it's, if, you, if, you're, if you're willing to ride the waves of the market and, mm-hmm. and be tactical, I mean, if you're just about to retire mm-hmm. and there's signs of recession, maybe then you get a little conservative. But in general, people, especially people our age, you know, I have some clients ask me, like, is it the right time to buy? Well, you know, you're not touching this money for 30 years. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's the right time to buy. Don't try to time the market out. Over 30 years, you're going to ride the waves ups and down, yeah. up and down. But you're going to, in the end, you're going to, it's going to work out. Is there a fear now? Okay, so when President Trump's elected and there's always, there's always, there was going to be a panic either way, in my opinion, whether sure. it was going to be Senator Clinton or President Trump. Whoever was going to, w- the market's going to take a hit. It just happened. I sure. think it, it was just going to happen because it was such a, it was such a polarizing election. Right. It, was there? Did you that night when when the reports are coming out, markets are taking a hit. Markets are taking a hit. I'm sure your reaction was different than a common person, right? Yeah, You're definitely. probably thinking, let's get people in right now. Let's right, get, right. Let's get more people in. Answer that question. I'm going to check the levels, but keep answering okay. the question. So yeah, at the time it's like, you know, I think futures were down a thousand points the night of the election and, and everybody, again, they, they based on their emotion, they get scared. They want to get out of the market, but that's like the perfect buying opportunity is the markets, you know, it's going to come back, ex- especially again, we go back to the long-term thing. You know why not buy it low instead of waiting for it to come back and yeah. then buying it a little higher like you can buy it now down a thousand points but even then the market just reacts to uncertainty yeah. so there's something like the election we don't really know you know exactly what's going to happen if trump becomes president or exactly what's going to happen if um hillary became president yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with brexit you know britain leaves the eu like what does that mean so immediately people are like well i'm going to pull my money out yeah. and see what happens did and you then have it? Sorry to cut you. Did you have a lot of people call you that night and say, "I want to pull. I'm done. I'm done." Or was that an overreaction? Like um, people were playing that up more than anything. No, I think definitely people had concerns. Um, but for the most, you know, the very next morning and even prior to that, we were kind of keeping in contact with our clients, sending out emails, just saying this is what we see as the market. F- you know, for the market going forward, and and you know, then at the same time, LPL, the company I work for, they have researched. That talks about, you know, what does this mean? And yeah. so, um, you know, they, they still 
they look at the fundamentals of the economy and say, you know, this is just the reaction of the market. It's sure. not a it's not a fundamental issue. It's not an economic issue. Mm -hmm. So we don't see any reason to panic. And so we kind of portray that to our clients. And for the most part, we have clients who are um, who've come to understand that and, mm -hmm. and are OK with that approach. And so um, we didn't have too many. But of course, we did have some people some people who were scared and you have to talk them off the ledge, yeah. you know. Uh, so, because you, you look at this every day, this is right. this is your job. You're more familiar with the markets. You're more familiar with everything. What do you think is the biggest issue that might happen here in the next ten years? Is there something like the big, how uh, the, uh, the mortgage collapse and the housing collapse right. that, that happened in 2007, 2008, roughly? What was it? Yeah, oh uh, nine, pretty much is when it was. Is there something like that? That you, that people should know about, or that you think, even if it's just a theory. Right now, everything looks pretty good. I mean, mm -hmm. we had a long time of earnings recession that has uh, that ended last in the fourth quarter of last year. That's now building. You know, jobs have been cons they have like the monthly job reports, and yeah. they've been consistently positive for I think it was like like seventy five or seventy eight months. Wow, straight consistently, go going, consistently up. going up at a at a good pace too. Yeah. You know, as long as it's. I think it's like a hundred thousand is the barometer of okay. If it's at least a hundred thousand, we should that's be good. good. And and you know companies are making money, big corporations are making money. And so as long as that's happening, there's no reason to think that the a recession is coming. Um, so you know, I, I like I said, I believe in the market, and mm -hmm. I think I think there's nothing on the near future. Yeah. The probably the biggest risk is that you know stocks are priced pretty high right now. We've had a pretty good rally in Trump's first 100 days. I mean, it's it's shot it's up. The Dow's been got to 21,000 for first time ever and um so stocks are they're they're high priced, but at the same time the fundamentals of the economy is good. So do you have to battle a lot with people and, and clients where when you they, okay, you're like, "Okay, I'm investing money." And there's a 401k which is boring. Right? right? That's fine. It's a boring thing, whatever. But then when people kind of gain more confidence in it, they think like they're going to make millions off the stock market. Yeah. Do you have to kind of talk them off that ledge also that it's not like it's not like Wall Street. Like the, in the early 90s and yeah. 80s, every it was, there was this thing about when Wall Street comes out the movie, everyone there was this like, oh, I'm going to make millions off of it. I can yeah. become a trader. I can right. do this and, and I can make money off of this. And then uh, what was the, the Leo, uh, Leo movie that came out? Gosh, what's the name of that one? The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, the Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. Sorry, the Wolf of Wall Street. And then there was Wall Street with uh, oh, with Michael Douglas, yeah, yeah, the original Wall Street. <laughs> and then the Wolf of Wall Street. And then like you see these like big Hollywood success stories, and yeah. you want to make millions. Yeah. How, how do you deal with expectations with clients when it comes to that? Yeah, like I said, I think that's like the old style. You know, yeah. the the day traders. And there's still some of those. You know, I worked in a that Ameriprise office for you know five years and. There's, you know, you can see the difference in the old advisors yeah. who are still doing the day trading stuff, and they're always, oh my God, that's down, it's up, and they're they're always panicked. Yeah, they're making a big deal. About yeah, a big deal, thing, and, yeah. and and you know, I do have some young clients who think that way, who are like, oh, yeah. get me aggressive, or you know, is it the right time to buy? And they're yeah. trying to make a hit a home run basically, and I always try to just tell them, you know, you're in it for the long term, and you know, you're not trying to hit a home run. If you make eight percent a year for the next thirty years, you're going to be perfectly fine yeah. when it's time to retire you know what's the biggest mistake young people make when thinking about the future and managing their money um i'd say they just well for one they don't plan yeah they don't have an idea of you know exactly a lot of times when people ask me oh do you should i sell this stock should i buy this stock 
you know, it's made this much. Should I sell it? And to me, it's like, you know, I always tell them I don't day trade. I, I'm long term. So I look at what is that what is that money for? And it's like, well, I don't know. I just have it here. And it's, it needs to be, you know, we do financial planning, for example. And, it, and you kind of look at what is the money for? Are you buying a house the next couple of years? Let's let's assign this account for that and, uh, and invest it accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is this money for your retirement? You're not going to need it for a long time. Yeah. So let's invest that accordingly. And so it's, you know, I do have to manage how they want to make the home runs. Yeah. But uh, I think most for the most part, if you just portray it in that in that way, people, they understand and they and they go with it. You see, I wish uh, w- when I was first starting off making money, I wish I had known, you know, like I didn't I didn't put anything in my 401k yeah. until I got to my second job where they're like, hey, we're doing a match. Do you guys, you want to take advantage of this? And even then, it took me like eight months because I was like, whatever, I don't give a fuck about <laughs> that, right? Because yeah. at 25, 26, you're not yeah, thinking you don't about, think about it. Yeah. You're not thinking about, you're not yeah. thinking about a future house. You're not thinking about, right, you're kids. not even thinking about marrying, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, being married, kids, yeah. anything like that. Um, you know, and it's, it's like free money at a lot of places. Yeah. They do match, and that is... They're literally yeah. giving you money. Right. It's it's. They're literally giving you money. There's no reason to turn it down. Yeah. It's free money, like you like, said. If you, uh, but now I think uh, a lot of newer tech places will still match, but traditional companies. Yeah. And it's gone. They're yeah. Not it's, as yeah. Much it's not near as common. No. You got to be at a, you got to be at a really progressive company. Yeah. That cares about the employees. You know, yeah. Exactly, like we care about you. You're a long-term play here. Right. Um, there's some of that, but. Yeah, lots of energy companies I think still do it, but even then, good. you know, with the, all the hit energy's been taken. Yeah. There's no guarantee that'll stick around, you know, that a lot of people losing jobs and, you know, you just never know. Are you out of water? I am. You want more? Sure. I'll yell at an intern. Okay. I'm not going to pour it out of this. I like it. That would be, be <laughs> disgusting. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to yell at an intern and All get right. you some in a second. Um, while I do that, let me ask you about, okay, so the big thing now is, well, what's going to happen with the markets? You never know. And then there's this thing about, well, I'm just going to let it sit there. Fine. Whatever. Um, the other thing with a lot of, uh, a lot of younger people is, well, I don't trust, I don't, I don't trust what's going to happen. Right. Trust is a weird thing with the markets because you never know. And then you're always, and, and with them, you're like looking out for, okay, well, why don't I just invest in a company? Why not? Like, uh, if, if I have a chance to get in on a business or a, a smaller right. investment and maybe then this app takes off or something like that. Yeah. What do you, wh- what would you tell somebody younger in terms of investing for the long term? like that uh, with, with with you as a financial advisor versus a friend that they know that needs a couple right. thousand dollars to maybe this app will take off when you really know it's, it, right. that is like making the NBA now. Right. Like an app taking off, it, it's, the odds are really slim. Right. I mean, I'd say that, you know, kind of where you're leading is that people are scared of the market. It's In their mind, it's too risky. And so instead of investing in a company like Google, mm-hmm. I'd rather give Google a thousand dollars than my buddy who's going to have an app. That's more risky than Google. Sure, you know what I mean. And, and for some reason, people can't yeah. see it that way. But you know, that's just the fact. I mean, Google, Apple, Microsoft—those are all strong companies with good balance sheets. And you know, I mean, while you talk, I'm going to tell innovative I'm minds. You Look at this power I have. Hold on, I was <laughs> talking. I'm sorry. We're getting the water. We're going to get you more water. I'm calling our hotline. All right. <laughs> Trey, it's Raheel. Come into the side studio real quick. All right. Look at that. Look at that power. He's going to come and get you some water. Uh, people listening on podcasts. But yeah, I mean, it's a safer play, right? But right. And it's, 
it's just a smarter play to me. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I'd rather what about versus a business. If you had a chance to invest in a in a small business or take that risk, I think it's you know diversification is the key. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, if you want to open your own business, I don't think you should stop yourself from doing that because yeah. you should invest in Google. But I think it should be something where you're doing both, right? Mm -hmm. You have your business, and then your 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 profits you're taking, and you're and you're investing them and Trey, saving them. Can you them. get us some oh, more water? Some water, oh. please, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Trey's the best. So but yeah, it, it's just that figuring out that balance, figuring right, out. Right. Yeah. Balance. And a lot. Of, I think that's a common thing where a lot of yeah. business owners who have done well for themselves, they believe in themselves, and so they put their money back into their business, which I think is is you know a great idea, and yeah. it's and it's valiant, but it's um, but you're not diversifying. If something yeah. happens to your company. Th then that's it you know you lost everything and you're not it's diversification you're not diversified if you do that yeah like that yeah. that right now it's it, it's a great time because uh god i talk about this on the podcast a lot but with shows like shark tank and you see a lot of success stories of right. you know just normal people that had this this funny weird idea and now all of a sudden they're worth you know 10 million dollars yeah. whatever um and they they use all their life savings on this one thing and they believed in themselves but i always wonder about that is okay if they had, let's say it took them $50,000 to start this, this product or this company, I always think about, okay, you put that 50000 in and just let it, just let it let grow. It what would it be? You know, like how, how different Thank would you. that be? You, you might not make the millions or could you? I don't know. It depends on how you, you know, you how know, aggressive it, you are. Yeah, it depends on the time horizon yeah. and um, the but risk. It, is it, you know, like it's, it's like the old question that guaranteed what do you think so if if a 30 year old and you can kind of just give me rough numbers okay this, they've saved up enough they're like i got fifty thousand. i believe in this little small business i want to start uh if they instead invested that at a moderate pay you know something conservative let's go conservative how much do you think it'd be worth in the next 10 20 30 years i mean just rough numbers let's with see. fifty thousand. i mean so if they made Seven percent would double in ten years. Mm -hmm. So let's say it made around five, doubled in twelve, thirteen years. So yeah. fifty, hundred. I mean, over. It, you know, it's not going to be a million. It's not going to be a million. But but it'll it'll be a couple like hundred a grand. A couple hundred grand yeah. guaranteed, right? Yeah. Like, unless not, I can't say guaranteed, but, but unless something <laughs> crazy happens, right? Like a, a safe answer would be a couple hundred grand, yeah. hundred grand. You know, I'd, more yeah. than what you put it for sure. Oh, for sure. So it's like, do you take a hundred fifty thousand guaranteed? Or bet on yourself. To and more than that. I mean, we're talking about, about we're talking about 30, 40 years, right? Yeah, let's go yeah, 30, more, 40 years. More than more that, than yeah. What are you, like 300, 400? I'd say three, yeah, 300, 300, 350. Let's go 350. That's, okay. a good no, that's a good sexy number, right? So we go $350,000 as opposed, that's like pretty much guaranteed. As close as a guarantee. Again, I can't, I can't say guaranteed, but it's a. Like, what would you guarantee it at? If you, well, if you just, it, just in our industry, it's. No compliances guarantee. i can't say can't i can guarantee. never guarantee it okay. i mean unless it's a, a specific product that says yeah. hey we guarantee to give you five percent a year you know um like it, annuities do that stuff sure. like that but in general i can't guarantee that you'll make the money yeah. but i firmly believe that there'd be a lot there'd be more you will yeah. you will over time like i said the market's never lost and yeah in a 10 year if you take 10 year spans it's always up and yeah. so as opposed to, so like we'll go with 350. Okay. As opposed to, again, there's no guarantees, but there's also that guarantee of, well, I believe in this. I'm going to put this 50,000 in and it could make me millions. Right. I always wonder, like, people, that, that's you know, a tough man. That's, that a, tough is, that's a tough one. I mean, if someone yeah. has a, a great idea or a great business, I think 
it's not a bad idea to start yeah. your business and plus it's going to give you a lot of peace of mind and happiness in life and all that other sure. stuff but uh i think i think you should still have the idea of okay but as i'm making money i'm investing it and diversifying it away from my where it's not all into this one one entity you know yeah. one business where it's it's everything's riding on this you know it's like you know the saying don't put all your eggs in one basket i mean it's it applies here perfectly what's your biggest fear with the economy sometimes we always hear about oil always hear about energy, yeah oil stuff what's your biggest fear World War Three, <laughs> North Korea, and yeah, it's um, hey man, North Korea better not fuck with my investments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and war doesn't even necessarily mean bad things for the market, but you know, it's not obviously not something that we want. And but I don't have I don't have huge fears that, like I said, over the long term of the market. I think it'll even if World War Three happens, mm-hmm. I think we'd bounce back from it. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, I. How but that would be that would be my number one fear if I had to pick one. A, a war breaking out. Yeah, and some massive. A war. massive, yeah, yeah massive something, war, something catastrophic. Like yeah, uh, oil prices that that's been in the news a lot. Yeah. How much does that impact your day to day? I think it impacts our clients a lot. We have a lot of engineers and you know floor. We have a lot of clients that work for floor, and so you know they people are losing their jobs and um, people's stock is. You know, a lot of people have company stock that's taken a big dip or yeah. already has taken a big dip over time. But, I, you know, I talk to a lot of them and a lot of them believe, you know, I keep hearing this, but the end of next year, it should start really bouncing back out and coming back. And so it's kind of seemed like that was happening. And now we're back in a, back in a dropping mode for, for energy um, just because the supply is so great and you know it, it's uh it's one of those things where you as a houstonian i think it impacts us a lot mm-hmm. more because more uh, so man, here yeah we're still here and it impacts the, the economy and you start feeling it a little bit here there right i can't like pinpoint to oh man i i felt it because if you i don't know like what how would the normal person feel the drop in oil prices because i can only imagine a scenario where it's a good thing for somebody that doesn't work in the industry yeah. or doesn't have friends in the industry, just a normal person, you're paying less for your gas. For your gas, hey, right. Some right. people like it. <laughs> Some people love that, right? And they're like, well, fuck you guys. That's not my problem. Right. You guys drill too much or you guys have a surplus. Not my problem. I mean, problem. in general, though, yeah. it's if it's because not good for our Houston, yeah. Houston's economy, then it's not – technically, it's not good for any of us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we, we want there to be money circulating around the city so people will, you know – come to me and be a financial advisor or go yeah. to go to your gas station and buy gas or go to the mall and, and spend money you so know just so it's more like more yeah. spending money right out more there, more investments the, are out there right like i can't I, I still can't pinpoint it where i'm going so in my day-to-day it might not affect you it might yeah. not affect me you know like how it, I, I get it if you're a small business owner it depends it on what you're doing you, yeah right. what you're doing <laughs> right where Guy, for me, it'd be great. More uh, unemployed <laughs> people listening to the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I never want anyone to lose their jobs. <laughs> See, those giving that one person asshole. I lost my job. I lost my city. I'm sorry, man. You're listening to me, good. No, uh, it, it's yeah. As a small business owner, I'm yeah. that that's gotta be crazy. Um, I, so this doesn't impact the Houston economy, but I go to San Marcos every year. Okay, uh, around the same time for my birthday, I go to San Antonio. I go I go hang out with my uncle. Uh, and my grandma, she recently passed away. So, like, okay. we go there every year to go see her when she was alive. And we always go to San Marcos to go shopping, you know, j- go spend money. Yeah. Every year, I'm telling you, this is the craziest thing. Every year at San Marcos, there's 
hundreds, if not thousands, of Mexican nationals there. Okay. They all drive to San Marcos to shop. Right, like that's their thing. They'll stop. They'll be like RVs parked in the yeah. lot. You'll see minivans full of people, and, and again, these are all people that are here legally. They're just here, yeah. you know, uh, boosting money in our economy. Yeah. Every year, we'll see thousands of these people. Right, Mexican uh, license plates everywhere. This year, I saw two. I saw two Mexican license plates. Wow. Usually, you can't go two cars without seeing one. Wow. I wonder how much our economy is getting impacted by the fear of coming over here. Yeah. Not the illegal immigrants. I'm not talking about the illegal aliens that are they, that are here. Right. And, you know, whatever our president believes that that's fine and I might not agree with it, but if they're going to start kicking out more, okay, that's fine. I'm just talking about the fear of somebody that comes here legally to spend money. Right. I wonder how the Texas economy is going to do here in the next year. It's got it's going to take a Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, yeah. it's tough to say. It just depends on how much he follows through with, you know, yeah. what he wants to do and then how much fear he creates by doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. That's uh, how much is that like when a new policy is introduced, the tax reform that came out right. last week or trying to uh, bring down ACA and yeah. whatnot or changing and reform it. How much does that impact your day to day? I think uh, I mean, tax reform is I think it's already has helped the markets because um, a lot of people are saying, OK, if, if this goes through, then, you know, I want to be in financials or I want to be in tech. And so I think it's already kind of priced into the market where yeah. people are assuming that it's going to happen. And, you know, it's good. I mean, if, if corporations aren't spending as much in taxes and they're going to spend more on investments and, you know, building the economy, putting more money yeah. into the economy. So, um, so it does check out in terms of, in your, yeah. in your professional opinion, it does check out with, because the big thing about tax reform with President Trump is, well, we're going to, they're going to have more money. It'll boost our economy right. even more. And, Everyone's like, wait, if you're going to take all this tax money out, where are we going to pay for everything? So, there's so the now. idea with the yeah with the tax reform is that it's supposed to be um, like revenue neutral. So it's, you know, they say for as much as we are going to reduce the taxes, mm -hmm. it, we're going to make up for it somewhere else. Okay. And so, you know, that's something that they say is definitely not 100 percent guaranteed. That's but in it's, theory, it's right? The, right. It's the, the idea is that, okay, that we're going to do this, yeah. then we're going to increase taxes on imports and you know and so so you get it to where you're trying to equal it out yeah. right like i said it's not 100 percent guaranteed and a lot of it's based on oh well the economy will do better so they can factor that into sure. to the projections you know if the economy does better more money spent then some more taxes are paid yeah um so it's it i mean i haven't looked into it too much like research it, I, and i will like that's one i'll i'm sure one night i'll be thinking about it and right. i'll spend the next four hours researching <laughs> yeah. this like it just happens all night on uh, google yeah and like watching these uh these videos of a professor explaining it whatnot but yeah. um like the government spending i mean we're so it, it, it's 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 that old it's that old story about when you start making a certain amount and you live this lifestyle yeah. it's tough to go back to right. one that you aren't used to like yeah. if you're making a million and somebody says, well, now you're making 500000 yep. Good luck adjusting with your lifestyle. Yep. I wonder how that, just that simple logic of, well, if the government is overspending, government's doing this, or not even overspending, this, this is what their yearly budget is, their annual budget. Oh, right, yeah. And now, all of a sudden, the money's gone. Like, I wonder how that's going to impact us. That's, like, that. That's I've been researching. Maybe there, there's an answer out there, but, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, again, that's a tough one. It's, that's a tough that's, one. It's it a, it depends on the time. administration, you yeah. know, what they think about it. I think... You know, we did a lot of spending in the last eight years. Yeah. You know, I'm you know not complaining, but we did, and so I think they'll get it under control. And 
you know, it'd be it'd be good for us if they did. Do you, uh, when it comes to tax, like when it's tax season, because you're so good with money, because you know all, like you know you you know more things than the the common the person. Like you know more person, about right. like, hey, you can write this as uh, this credit whatnot. Or do you like look forward to tax season where you go, oh yeah, I know how to do this. I got this. So I, if, I'm like, how do you deal with taxes just mentally? So taxes is not really something that we directly do yeah. I mean, we we would always say you know go talk right. to a cpa yeah. if you want to really get into the taxes you know we mostly help people with i think taxes in retirement so yearly you know in around april 15th it's not like we do anything different but it's yeah. when people start retiring and start building up their assets for when they retire to where they're not pulling it from all the same type of investment so you don't you know an example you don't want to have all your money in a 401k yeah because when you get to retirement it's all taxable. So let's say you have a million dollars in your 401k. You're only getting 600 grand. It's a 40. It's like near 40. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe a little over what the top. Is it? What is it at? Like, I mean, it depends on depends on how you take out. You know, okay. what what tax rate you're in because you're not pulling it all out at once. Okay. Basically, basically what we do is we recreate a paycheck with your investments when you retire. Oh, gotcha. And so the idea is to have it diversified as far as like how it's taxed. So so if you have instead of having a million in your 401k, let's try to get half a million in your 401k, half a million in your Roth, which is tax-free. Yeah. So now you can take, let's say you need you know, 50 grand a year. We take out 25 from your 401k, 25 from your Roth. Now you're only paying, you're only in the tax bracket for 25 because this is tax-free uh -huh. money, as opposed to taking 50 from here. Now you're in a higher tax bracket. So little things like that. We, so we long-term yeah. tax planning, but not necessarily Oh, you can deduct this. You can deduct that. Sure. That's more of a CPA. What about you personally, though? Because you know, like you know. I still, I, I mean, I use you, my you CPA. Just, you, you know? use your CPA but too. I actually, uh, I saw my mom reading a book. It's you. Can, it says deduct everything. Yeah. That's the name of the book, and it's like, you'd be surprised. I mean, what you can deduct? you can deduct. Well, isn't it uh, on the one pager that they just turned in the night before <laughs> the administration? I love that their big tax reform was a one pager <laughs> that you and I would have done because you're like, oh shit, I forgot to do that paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like due tomorrow. Like, it's like the header was it was so fucking bullshit. <laughs> I love that. I love that they they are a college student pretty much. Yeah. I know that more went into it and they want to simplify it. Yeah. But it looked like a fuck uh, WordPress yeah. and they're like, what kind of header do you want? Yeah, we'll use this generic. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Well, they they try to keep it basic for yeah. people, you know. So <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> uh, you, I saw somebody the other day. Uh, gosh, it was like yesterday. Somebody was it Sean Spicer's from Sean Spicer's desk or uh, Bannon's desk? It was like an official White House. Uh, it was a it, it was an email. It was an email. About the number seven, they're retiring the number seven in honor of Andrew Jackson. I don't know if that was real or not, okay. but it was, it was like that. an official staff email. Okay. And it looked like they just created that on <laughs> Google Docs. It was so funny. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> got to um, be better than that. Yeah, you got to be better than that. But then on that one page, going back to the tax reform, it said that there will be no more deductions, right? They're gonna, For personal deductions, they were going to take that out. Or was it credits that they're t they're taking something out? That's the propose the proposal would be. I know if it's going to be across the board. Let's say it's at a fifteen percent rate or fifteen twenty, whatever it is, right? Uh, there would be no more deductions or credits. What it's the same thing? They deductions, they will. Credits. I don't think no more, but I think they will take away a lot of the loopholes that people because you know yeah. it's like the corporate tax rates thirty five percent. The top you know tax rate thirty five percent, but a lot of those big companies they don't pay that. You know they pay twenty one percent, and so. You look at tax reform, try to get it down to 20%. It's really not helping them. Mm -hmm. They're already paying 
you know, it's going to be the same for them. It's really going to help smaller businesses who are yeah. who don't have all the loopholes and aren't, you know, don't have the big time CPAs that are writing off everything. So I think, you know, it's it's, it's kind of net net for the big Fortune 500 companies, but it's it'll help the middle class. Yes. Okay. I'm looking. You're right. It is going to help the milk. It yeah. is going to help that. And it, we'll see how we adjust because, man, I got to find that. I, I could have swore I saw that, like, for personal deductions, they were either going to limit them very small or just take them out altogether because it's such a good rate for a lot of people. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll look at it. I can't find it. I'm trying to find the one-sheeter now. <laughs> I know one thing they're doing is, you know, now you can, you can – your domestic expenses – like if you manufacture something in the U.S., mm -hmm. the expenses are you can count them against your profits, right? So bring okay. your profits down. It's pretty much a deduction. Um, but they're doing it where if you if you're manufacturing overseas and you can't, so now it's you know they're trying to get people to bring their manufacturing and production here, as opposed and then if you you know and then shipping it as opposed to you know outsourcing all the labor yeah so it's that would be that yeah that's not a bad thing at all here's i'm looking at cnn story which is fake of course <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't even count uh members of the trump administration outlined the broad strokes of this new tax proposal wednesday which will cut the top individual tax rates from 39.6 to 35 it would also reduce the number of total rates from seven to three and cut the top tax rate for all businesses to 15 percent that's great gosh here's uh i'm looking this up I don't mind. Uh, individual reform. Reducing the seven tax brackets to three tax brackets. That's nice. 10, 25, and 35. Okay. Doubling the standard deductions. Doubling it. My fault. So you can double the standard deduction. Oh, yeah. That's the standard. So, yeah. Okay. So, like, instead of itemizing your deductions, they'll, they'll let you double. I think it's like 12-4. Um, 12-4? I think that's right. For a married couple. So they'll double it, which is pretty good because a lot of you know, if you itemize your deductions, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't hit the standard, so they end up taking the standard. And if they double it, that'd be great. Was it with business reform then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you that you're absolutely correct. Yeah, of course I'm. I should listen to you because this is what <laughs> you do. Uh, business reform is eliminate tax breaks for special interests. I think that's what I had in mind. That you can't. Yeah, there's no more bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah no more okay, loopholes. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. trying to take out the loopholes. They're you know. Actually, it's actually good for yeah, because then for like for me with a kid. Double that. Yeah, double that standard. Yeah. Time to have another kid, get another tax break. <laughs> have a whole you, bunch hey, of little kids. Honey, you're not an accident. You're <laughs> a tax break. <laughs> it's not even that anymore. <laughs> I'll have, look, tell me, you plan? No. You, you were playing for a yeah, tax break. Planned. That's what you were. For different reasons. Yeah. All right. So that's what it is. I was like, man, it's a crazy time, man. Yeah, it is. Crazy, definitely. Crazy time. Uh, all right, we, we got to start wrapping up. Wow, we're hitting about, about hitting an hour here. Really? That was fast. That was fast. Uh, what are the things that you want to hit on that I, I didn't get to or advice um, that you have in general? No, that's pretty good. I mean, um, you know, for people, young people who are trying to invest and get started in it and mm -hmm. are nervous about it, give me a call. I mean, yeah. um, and again, this guy is not a, a commercial. Okay, this was like I, some people. Are like, this is bullshit. Just did an hour commercial. No, it's not a commercial. <laughs> I'm just bringing on people I, I think are interesting and fun right. and could help us. Give your number out. Hell yeah, give your number out. Yeah, um, you know you can call me anytime. It's eight three two eight eight six two seven five two. And you know if you just want information about us, our mm -hmm. website is salimawm.com. So it's uh, Salim is S A L E E M A W M. Um, Dot com. So, yeah, just check us out. And if you ever want to 
I'll put it on, and I'm going to put it, uh, for those of you listening on podcasts, I'm going to put it in the show details. You can find all the websites. You can get everything uh, and all the information on there. Um, yeah, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. for a while, and yeah. I'm glad we had a chance to just hang out, talk some shit, yep. talk some money. Yep. Fuck. Man, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's going to be a fun four years. Yes, it will be. <laughs> it's going to be a fun four years. Hopefully all right, only thank four. you. Uh, John Salim, again, you can find the website, Salim A. M A W M. So Salim and Associates Wealth Manager is what okay, it stands there for. Go. There you go. Salim and Associates Wealth Manager. AWM.com. A-W-M. Salim AWM.com. Uh, thanks for stopping by, man. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, big thanks to Perfume Time Houston. Go say hi to them. Perfume Time Houston, 713-782-0030. My dad really wants people, hey, come in and get this new Burberry. I'm like, dad, <laughs> if they're going to come in, you just, there's just, you got to go to a store one night. It's crazy. There's right, I will. 500 cologne. I mean, like, you, there's a guy's wall, which is, like, over 200, 300 products, and you got a women's. It's freaking nuts. All right. I yeah. need some new colognes. Yeah, I'll go. you got to get in there. Mother's Day's coming up, so make sure you go there. Don't pay retail, guys. Stop. Everybody goes there from, our, uh, from this office. They're like, hey, tell your dad we're coming. I was like, you guys can just go. Okay. Just go. It's not a big deal. He knows. You. Just say you listen to the show. It's not a big deal. Uh, and then htowndental.com. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Our next podcast, uh, stay tuned. It's the next episode. We're talking comic book movies. My buddy Mike. All right, <laughs> nice. Guardians of the Galaxy is coming <laughs> nice. out. We're going to talk a little. Yeah, we're going from financial advice to, <laughs> comedy, to comic uh, books. To comic book movies. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks.